With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Pour one more beer for me. Exile needs quality. So savagely. Best beer in all the land. Brewed with a loving hand. From bottle, keg, or can. Exile Brewing. E-X-I-L-E. For me. E-X-I-L-E. Let's drink. Crack open a Ruthie today. Enjoy your HN Podcast, Miller and Dace, even though the Hawkeyes are on a bye, our prognostication prowess does not take any time off. And last week, Dace told you in this exact time slot, in this exact space, that he was going to sprinkle some frosting on you. And boy, did he ever. Uh, Dace went 11-4 and four last week. That, folks, is the embodiment of what he meant when he said it's time to sprinkle some frosting with our free picks last <laughs> week they were free we made them free for the rest of the year dace went 11 and 4 i went 10 and 5 i'll take 10 and 5 that's I, really good i yeah. scored 86 points you scored 73 so you go 11 and 4 and i still get you because we had two two huge swings our 15 point games were different and our 14 point games were different and of your four losses you lost your 15-pointer and your 14-pointer, which meant I won those. So that was very fortuitous. Not bad. Not bad. On the year, both of us are above 500. We have made, to this point, that would be my West Branch, 90 picks, 90 games. I'm 47 and 43. You're 46 and 44. It's not great, but it's still above 500. If you're above 500... You're not losing money, hypothetically, if you were to be stupid and bet on college athletics. Let's get to the games this week. Northwestern. I needed your help. I think I did, what, 11? I got through this yeah. week's games. I got to 11, and I, te- I, te- I tapped out. I made a call to the bullpen. I'm like, dude, you're going to have to carry me the rest of the way because I, I just I didn't know which way to go. I didn't want to pick crap, and thanks for filling that in. Uh, not, not a lot of compelling lineups matchups rather for me this week northwestern uh, we do all the big 10 games that are against division one foes northwestern's a three-point favorite at maryland i think i'm not saying this is the week that northwestern turns it around and they go on a, a, a march the rest of the season but i think they get it done this weekend against maryland you never know who's going to play quarterback for maryland what what kind of bodies they even have available to play quarterback as the Washington Nationals are booting it all over the place. I'm sorry. I think Northwestern's going to cover, and I'm putting 15 points on the Wildcats. This is an intriguing spread um, to put Northwestern a favorite on the road against a Maryland team whose body of work is dramatically superior. I mean, it's just it's not even close. Um. I mean, even even though when they got on the road two weeks ago with their third or fourth string quarterback, depending on how you want to look at it, because they're starting a guy who, when they came back to camp in July, was their fourth stringer. 
Um, but he ended up becoming third string when a guy got hurt before the season started. So you could spin it one of both ways. Well, even the game they won at Minnesota with him two weeks ago is more impressive than anything that, that, that Northwestern has done this year. On the other hand, it's like we're, we're, we're going Bill Pullman game over, man. If they lose, if Northwestern loses on Saturday, it, it's like, we'll see you in the spring, see you at spring ball. They're done. So I, I, this is, I just have no read on this game at all. So simply because of, of making Northwestern a favorite a week after they just made no showing against Penn state at all. I will, I will sense that's a trap from guys smarter than me and pick Northwestern, but I'm only putting two on it. I know this is your 15 point game this week. Wisconsin is at home against Purdue. 16 and a half points is the line that the Badgers are favored by. That is a big line in a Big Ten game against a Purdue team that has showed promise, has looked a lot better than I think any of us expected they would look. But I tell you what, that last week's game against Nebraska, the second half where the Badgers had four total possessions, one of those possessions was a two-play two kneel down to close it out. The other three possessions, 10 plays, 10 plays, 10 plays, 30 total, one pass, a detesticling of the once-proud Nebraska Cornhuskers. I'm going to take Wisconsin to cover that 16-and-a-half, and I'm putting 14 on it. We see this one the same way. I, I'm, you know, my mama didn't raise no dummy, Okay. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me seven times, shame on <laughs> I give up. Okay? Yeah. I give up. They still haven't played anybody, but they're just owning people. They're just owning them. I don't see a matchup in this game that is in Purdue's favor. Uh, I think it's a great story what Jeff Brom has done. He's changing the culture there. I was on Purdue last week. They got a huge win against Minnesota. I think they're going to end up bowl eligible. But I think this entire game is going to be like the second half against Michigan when they had 10 yards, the entire game. I I think this is a name your score Saturday. This is my 15-point game on the Badgers. Illinois is a favorite. We are six, seven weeks into the season now. Illinois is a favorite against somebody, and that's somebody – well, that has to mean it's Rutgers. Scarlet Knights come to Champaign. They are three-point dogs. I'm going to put 11 on Illinois to cover this one. I'll put five on Illinois. I should probably put more. And then every time I was going to put more, I looked at the at the sheet, and it kept saying Illinois, so I didn't. <laughs> Michigan is on the road at Indiana. Michigan last week continuing some struggles. Uh, offensively. I don't know what they're going to do at quarterback. You can tell us more about that here in a second. They have just struggled mightily to score points. Indiana is a team that we saw on opening night against Ohio State can do some things, can score some points. Michigan's defense is by far and away the best unit on the field. Maybe the next best unit is Indiana's offense, perhaps. I still think seven points is a manageable number for Michigan. I think Michigan has had a week to really be pissed off about losing last week's game. 
Maybe they don't have the personnel offensively to make it matter. I think they will find a way to win by more than seven, put 13 on the Wolverines. Well, the Hoosiers have played Michigan very well in the Harbaugh era. They should have won the game in Bloomington two years ago, and that was sort of Jake Rudock's coming out party. He threw, I think he set the Michigan single-game passing record, brought the Wolverines back. They ended up winning, I think, in triple overtime. Uh, last year's game went down to the fourth quarter, uh, the worst snow event at Michigan Stadium for a live game in decades, and Michigan ended up grinding them out. These two teams, by the way, John, lead the nation in forced three and outs. Indiana's number two in the nation. Michigan is number one. The Wolverines had, were minus five in turnovers last week, and yet had the ball at the end of the game and if Eddie McDoom catches that pass they at least are now trying to score from the 25 instead of a Hail Mary I don't know how often you are minus five in turnovers and aren't losing by three or four touchdowns now the weather probably had something to do with why Michigan State didn't have a bigger lead and I think the Michigan defense had something to do with why Michigan State didn't have a bigger lead I don't know where Michigan is at I don't I am I've watched the same game every week this year Every week this year, there has been early success on offense. And, and then there was a turnover. And then after the turnover, Michigan's offense literally does nothing. Jack Poo, the rest of the half. And then in the second half, they dominate statistically, where they've outscored their opponents this year 87-14. to 14. That is the same game the nation watched last week. And it's really the same game they played against Cincinnati, Air Force, Florida, every team on their schedule. You know, Indiana's coming off its first shutout since 08, but it's Charleston Southern. So I don't know where Michigan is at. I think this game is probably more about where Michigan is at mentally than Indiana. So um, I think it's going to be like a 24-17 game. So I think that number is probably right on the button. So so I'll just take Indiana and put two or three points on it. I put three points on it. Ohio State, a 25-point favorite at nebraska whoa that is incredible to put this in perspective Uh, it's the biggest underdog nebraska has ever been in the history of vegas point spreads home or away home or away i was gonna ask i was gonna say this has to be the biggest they've ever been at home i (laughs) home and away that's pretty amazing Mm -hmm. and i'm only putting one point on this more so so I don't have to cheer for Nebraska. One point on Ohio State. I shouldn't make this pick, but I'm going to put seven on Nebraska. And the reason why is there has to somewhere, somewhere, be some pride. Somewhere. This is still one of the top five, ten programs in the history of this sport. To be this much of an underdog, you somewhere those guys with the N on the helmets, to hear all week long, you are the worst, under, the least, the least respected, the least estimated, the least regarded team heading into a game in the history of this program, or at least <laughs> the modern history. Don't you think somewhere, somewhere? Somewhere that might mean we only lose by 17. You know, like what A&M did last week when they were a 
they were the biggest home underdog ever against Alabama last week, and they, they played that to a one-possession game. Now, they were never in any threat to win it, but they, they played their rear ends off and, and stopped Alabama from, you know, just running running away with it. I've got to think somewhere there is still some pride putting on that uniform. So I'm going to take the Huskers on strictly that alone and put seven points on it. You'd, you'd think so. You'd think so. But Don't you think maybe we're just Midwestern middle-aged white guys now and, and, the, and the program we just watched all those years as a kid that we learned that, that we loved to hate – they just maybe they just don't exist anymore and they're never coming back but somewhere there must be some pride like last year when Iowa gets blown out against Penn State and they're 17 point underdogs or whatever it was at home against Michigan and I said to you last year somewhere that program has to have too much pride just to just let just get run over like that on national television somewhere there must be pride still somewhere on that end helmet don't you think yeah, but I would say this, and, and and I will preface this by saying I did not expect Iowa to beat Michigan last year after that Penn State game. But the one thing we certainly know about Iowa is they can play a mean game at the line of scrimmage if you want to line up and play phone booth football with them, mm-hmm. which Michigan by and large did. You've mm-hmm. talked multiple times this offseason and even last year how Michigan just didn't have that playmaker in the backfield like Penn State did with Saquon Barkley to make it a difference. So it was phone booth football and lining up. And Iowa does well because of their toughness at the line of scrimmage. And the one thing that Nebraska has lacked as a program rather consistently since Ndamukong Suh expired his eligibility is toughness at the line of scrimmage. And their offensive line is not good. Their defensive line hasn't been good either. So while I think that they the pride can talk a game, I don't think Nebraska has the bodies to cash the check for pride. And I think that's why I think it'll get ugly again. You're probably going to be right, and I, I'm just – I'm simply going with this just on nostalgia, tradition. Dude, it's a 25-point line. You're making the more logical pick, frankly. Yeah, and but, you know, here's what I'm also afraid of is you're in a situation where, you know, they've made it somewhat of a game, and it's 31-17, you know, and Tanner, uh, Tanner Lee decides – Let's throw that that na- that nation leading seventh pick six in there here at the end. You know what I'm saying? You, you got to start worrying about that too. I just got to think somewhere there's some pride. I got to believe Husker, the campus, the media down there has been losing their collective minds at this spread all week, and these kids have just got to be come game time Saturday sick of it. It's got to be enough to only lose by three touchdowns. I mean, somewhere. But maybe I'll be wrong. We'll see. You know, I know that it's not crystal ball time for you. You typically do that in July. But I also know that crystal ball isn't too far from your Barca lounger right now. What if Nebraska gets housed, emasculated again this week against Ohio State, similarly to what they did last week Mm -hmm. against Wisconsin? Do you think Mike Riley can survive that? Something to think about if you want, if you really want Scott Frost to be your coach is, and this is something we have been talking about. I've been, I've brought this angle up early in the summer before I even did my preview that the heat would be on Riley for the same reason that they could not afford Charlie Strong having another year at Texas with Tom Herman, their favorite son in their own backyard 
able to go to LSU or someplace else and, and the fear of making a, a decade or more mistake as a school. And that's where you're at right now with Mike Riley and, and Scott Frost. And I said that at the time thinking Scott Frost, after taking Central Florida from zero wins to six, might go from six wins to eight or nine. Right now, he is in the top 25. Uh, his team's ranked is, I mean, he has the second highest ranked team from the state of Florida. That, that tells you, you know, what he has done. Well, one thing to think about if you're Nebraska is, especially because you don't have an AD in place yet, is, is Mike Riley, because this is where you can use Mike Riley's dignity and class to your favor. Right. You know, he's not going to have any meltdowns. Not to mention, Mike Riley probably has a job sitting out in Corvallis, Oregon, waiting for him if he wants it. Okay? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he could probably just go right back home again if he wants that gig. Uh, but you know Mike Riley, it just he's too much of a class guy. He's not going to make a clown out of himself out the door. So you have time. You have time not – the minute you fire your coach, the entire Central Florida season goes from what the team is doing on the field to – Scott Frost to Nebraska. And if you if you really want to help him out, because it doesn't do Nebraska any good, you want Scott Frost coming in with the most hype you can possibly have, the most juice, the most street cred. It would be a tremendous boost to his hiring to bring him in not only as a favorite son, but if they're the group of six representative in the New York Six Bowl, Absolutely, if you're Nebraska, you want the 2018 class that there's a top 25 class you're trying to hold on to right now, your 2019 class, that's hype that works to your advantage. You, it does you no good to, to fire Mike Riley now, have this become a major distraction, and Central Florida goes from the second highest ranked team in the state of Florida in the AP poll to eight and four, seven and five, nine and three. I mean, that helps you having them hiring a guy. Now you're, not, you're, now you're not just hiring a favorite son. You're hiring the new hotness. He's this year's P.J. Fleck. He's this year's Tom Herman. So if I'm Nebraska, I'm in no hurry. I know he will say yes. Um, so let him go coach his team. And, and add to the add, – that becomes added value for your hiring – Every every ring up the ladder Central Florida goes only makes him a more valuable commodity for Nebraska. Next up in our picks, Michigan State on the road at Minnesota. Spartans are four-point favorites here. And I, I think it would be human nature for a little bit of a letdown spot here for Sparty after um, having their identities once again um, reconfirmed with a, Mich- a win over Michigan and seems to be what D'Antonio lives for. That said, you have to score to win. Minnesota's offense thus far, in my opinion, has been borderline abysmal. Uh, Michigan State's defense, while not up to the standards from maybe three, four, five years ago when Pat Narduzzi was their defensive coordinator, uh, has some salt in it. And I think that is enough for them to cover a four-point spread on the road in weather conditions that once again look to be pretty nasty. And I don't think Minnesota is going to do anything. Twelve points on Michigan State. I have. I'm the other way on this one. Uh, I'm 13 on Minnesota. I think they're going to win the game straight up. I think it's not even just the post-Michigan letdown. Dan, Dan Antonio actually has a really good record the week after Michigan. It's their last three games. It's my rule of three. Five turnovers against Notre Dame, 17 points against Iowa, 14 against Michigan. 
So already Minnesota, this this is the game they're going to want to play. They don't have to score 28 points to win this game. That's even in ideal conditions. We know that now. Then you throw in these conditions. Three Essentially, Michigan State has played three straight rivalry games. Notre Dame's a rivalry game. They lost it badly and on national TV. So they had to bounce back with their season on the brink. You're trying to rebuild your, your brand identity after last year. They needed – they had to win that Iowa game. They lose that game two in a row. Now, now you're in a – now you're back to, well, yep, this is where we were last year. So the way, they treated that Iowa game like, a, like another rivalry game. And then there's the Michigan game. You just cannot be up four weeks in a row. Minnesota now is in the position at home. Purdue was in at home against them last week, which is why I liked Purdue. By the way, what was the line on that game? Purdue was favored by four at home. Same spread, just the other way. Minnesota loses this game. They're probably not going to a bowl game with the schedule that still awaits them in the second half. They have to win. Michigan State already won their have-to-win game against Iowa, and then they sprinkled some frosting on it last Saturday night against Michigan. So I'm going 13 here on Minnesota. The, the situation favors them as much as any of the games we are picking this week. Let's take a break for our sponsor, Heartland Flagpoles and Flags, back with more on the other side. The black and gold unites us all, but then what? Kevin, the flag guy from Heartland Flags here. If you're listening to this podcast, you bleed black and gold. But what comes after the Hawks? For me, it's the Cincinnati Reds and Cincinnati Bengals. Nope, can't explain it. What about you? Packers and Wizards? Pelicans and Sharks? NASCAR and the Jags? Bulls, Bucks, and Chargers? Whatever flag you want, we've got it. Jump online to heartlandflags.com and shop our huge inventory of sports teams' flags. You won't find a better selection or better prices anywhere. Guaranteed. And to top it off, free shipping on all purchases at heartlandflags.com. Oh, and that Iowa flag you've been flying since the Hawks last went to the Orange Bowl? Time to step up and freshen up with a new design. Check out our Hawkeye selection when you're shopping for your other favorite team flags at heartlandflags.com, where you'll never pay for shipping we come back iowa state is at home finds himself in a very unique situation i think you may have brought this up at some point i do so many of these i can't recall who it is i'm talking to and who says what but i know i didn't say it so i'm not going to take credit for it iowa state was what a 31 or so 31 and a half point underdog last actually i looked it up it was 33 at kickoff 33 point underdog at kickoff to be a in our picks the opening line a 21 point favorite the next week in conference against Kansas never seen anything like that I've never seen a 50 point spread swing in in a major for a major conference team from one game to the next within conference play I've never seen that ever that would just tell you they don't think highly of Kansas uh, 21 points is a big number you have to wonder if uh, Kempt is Boy, I mean, can he back it up with a great performance? Does he need to? Probably doesn't need to to win. I'm going to put two points on the Cyclones. Uh, Not very confident in this one. I love the under in this game. Could be some weather in this game, too. I I love the under in this game. The total is 68. Mm, No doubt. I I, I think Kemp will come back to earth a little bit. Um, Kansas, Kansas' best player is a running back who had like 300 yards against West Virginia. So they're going to try and shorten the game and grind it out. 
Uh, I do think it's a major letdown spot for Iowa State. It reminds me of what just happened to Troy, where they just lost last night to a terrible South Alabama team. South Alabama's dreadful. They just lost to them coming off that huge win they had on the road at LSU. This reminds me a little bit of that. I think Iowa State will win. I think it's going to be something like 31-17, to 17, um, 34-17, to 17, something like that. So I'm going to put six points on Kansas. TCU is on the road at Kansas State. I'm not even going to step on this one for you. I'm going to let you go first because you're going to push all the right buttons with things you like to say about Bill Snyder and Kansas State. You, yeah, you know. You know. You, you just know. Any, anytime there's a there, – anytime. Anytime there is an unranked team favored at home over a ranked team, and that's coming up here in a few minutes too, I'm taking them. Anytime Bill Snyder has a plus sign – next to his team on the line, I'm taking him. Well, Steve, they didn't cover last week against Texas. Well, he lost by six in double overtime, and the spread was five and a half. I, I was a half point off. That still almost came through, and that was after their starting quarterback got hurt. I'm taking Kansas State. I think they're going to win the game straight up. I think TCU is a little overrated. It's a nice start. Arkansas, their big road non-conference win. Arkansas is not very good. They're terrible. Then, I mean, listen, they are the Arkansas media – you know what this is like. The Arkansas media is openly looking at Brett Bielema's buyout clauses. You've seen this with Iowa coaches in the oh, past. Yeah. The next, you know what? So we know where this. Is. The next step is freedom of information requests. Okay, so we know we know where this is heading. That win is not impressive. Last week, West Virginia outgained them by over a hundred yards. Had about thirty first downs. Should have won the game, but they were minus two in turnovers. Otherwise, they would have won the game. So uh, they were they controlled if in, in the game control stat that the playoff committee likes. Uh, West Virginia actually won the game. I think Kansas State, even with the backup quarterback, I love the way he stepped in against a much better, I think, Texas defense and put them back on their heels. I think he's a far more gifted runner than Ertz. He's a good runner. He's not quite the passer, but um, I, I think they're going to win this game straight up. Bill Snyder's record as an underdog. It's just insane. And even when he doesn't cover like last week, he missed covering by a half point. So I'm putting 12 on Kansas State at home. I'll take TCU minus four for five points only because I haven't learned. And like what you talked about earlier this episode, uh, Fumi wants shame on you. Fumi seven times. Shame on me. And I'm going to come back for the eighth. Uh, Kansas State was my bane last year. You mopped up. I don't know how many points you had. I'm gonna go back. I'm gonna go back and look it up and say, you know what? Kansas State might have cost me the title last year. The other uh, thing I worry about with TCU is they had game day there last week, and everybody loves on them. Go on the road to sleepy Manhattan. Know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Bill Snyder Memorial. Yeah. That's exactly that's what dreams, it is. That's where, that's where that's where teams coming off an emotional win go to die. We've seen that before. Red River Shootout, Oklahoma, Texas. Oklahoma's a seven-and-a-half-point favorite oftentimes in this game. Uh, I've noticed certainly more so living down in Oklahoma since 2013. You know, the, the team that just clearly looks like the better team either doesn't prevail, prevail outright in this game or they don't cover the spread. And Oklahoma is clearly the better team. And rarely has Oklahoma come into this one stinging so badly the way that they are coming into this one, losing at home last week to Iowa State. 
I think Oklahoma is going to open up a can on Texas. Ten points is what I'm putting on it. But if this game goes the way they usually have, I'm going to be wrong. Well, you're right. In the Mac Brown Stoops era, um, what we saw is the team that looked like they were the the, the hottest mess going into this game uh, typically uh, either won it or covered the line. And we saw this the last two the last three years with Texas under Charlie Strong, where he was Oklahoma's only loss. Um, when they went to the playoff in 2014 and then covered the line the last two years. That era is now done. So this is the trend I'm looking at. Tom Herman, as an underdog head coach, is 6-0 and against the spread with five straight-up wins. His only loss, double overtime to USC this year. He still covered the number, by the way. They just didn't win the game outright. We have no idea really what kind of coach Lincoln Riley is. We really don't know. You know, and about to find out. We're about to find out, but it just seems is it does it just me or is it a contrived antic from Baker Mayfield every week now? Okay. Stomping the flag, I'm giving the Tebow speech, we're not gonna lose again. I mean, every week I'm yelling at the Baylor student section every week. Two rules of thumb thumbs here. Two rules of thumb here for handicapping. Number one Always take a team getting points when it has the best defense on the field. That's Texas. Number two, as you like to say, don't mess with a streak. You look at Tom Herman's streak as an underdog. My guess is the edge at quarterback between Mayfield and Ellinger, that that Oklahoma that Mayfield makes one more play at the end of the game or one less mistake, and Oklahoma will win. But I just cannot ignore a guy who covers the number every time he's an underdog until he doesn't. So I'm going to take Texas here with the with with that with that trend and put 14 points in the Longhorns covering this number. Yeah, your point about Mayfield and whether you want to call it contrivance, it, he seems like a guy who's doing things because he thinks he's supposed to, and that's what other people want to see him do in order for yep. him to win trophies and awards. Yep. It's you know, not he seems genuine. Like, he seems like he seems like an, the oldest child who when dad's away um thinks that he needs to act he needs he gets to act up a little bit now and act like he's the man of the house for mama okay this he always has had a bit of a mouth we are seeing antics and stuff though that would never happen if bob stoops were still the coach would hmm. never play that's it I like not that. in a million years not in a million years but when the head coach is essentially not is the head coach is not even 10 years older than me when he's essentially my older brother, he ain't the same as older brother watching us when when dad takes mom on a date night. Ain't the same as when dad's home. If you know what I'm saying. Yeah, it's like right? it's like when Chet was left in charge in uh, Weird Science. Didn't didn't go so well. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> that's two. That's that's two movie mentions for him. To, to this this. Podcast. That's two Bill Pullmans. We got yeah, we mixed right. him in twice that's today. Right. Yes. That's right. And he just he just passed away recently. He so did. It was a little homage. He did, yep. no doubt about it. Um, Auburn on the road at LSU, a nine point favorite. My gosh, that's a big number for LSU. Is this game at night? I, I no, it's on CBS. Okay, it's well, during the day. I would have felt even better about it, but I, I I'm taking LSU. I, I'm this is more of a history pick, and history doesn't suit up. But dang it. Uh, 
I don't think Auburn Auburn's going to cover a nine-point line at LSU. I'll put four on it. Give me the Bayou Bengals. I'm with you on this. Um, I think Auburn will end up winning the game because I think they have a tremendous advantage at quarterback. But I, I agree. I think the way you put it, history pick, is a good way of putting it. We're getting value here, too, because the line has been bet down to seven, actually. So um, I'm going to take LSU – as a home team, getting a couple extra points from where the line, if, since we're using the opening line. So I'm going to put LSU here and put 10 points on the Tigers. Yeah, unlike that. From, from Baton Rouge. Unlike last week, I did I, I, I did these picks like Monday, the, the, the lines that I put out, and then you, you filled the rest in. I, I didn't go back and look at the, uh, the closing uh, or the, the lines close to close when we did this. So that is, as you mentioned, bet down a couple of points. Alabama, 30 points was the opening line. I'm curious what it is now, but uh, 30 points over Arkansas. What is it right now? Do you know? Or 30. It's still 30? Okay, so it, it's yep. held firm at 30. By the way, the other thing I should mention about the Auburn-LSU game is there's been more money played on this game this week than any other game in Vegas. Hmm. The public is overwhelmingly on Auburn, yet the line has gone down two points. What do you think that means? It means a high volume of bets on Auburn, but most of the big shark money is on LSU. Yes. That's exactly what it means. Alabama minus 30 against Arkansas. Enormous, enormous line for an Alabama-Arkansas matchup. I mean, this is the kind of matchup you think Alabama, you know, right now would be over Vanderbilt 15 years ago. Not Arkansas. Not when you're paying Brett Bielema what you're paying in his buyout, still $12.5 million. I'm going to put three points on Alabama, I don't. I don't feel confident in it because the line's so big, and I saw what happened last week. But that was at A um, and M. This one's at Alabama. I think it's going to be a woodshedding, but not confident enough to go higher. Just three points. I think this really comes down to what does Nick Saban want to get out of this game? Does he want to get in and get out? Does he want to play? To Tagliavoa, whatever that guy's name is, uh, a little bit more, the freshman quarterback. Does he want to send a message to his team? Because he kind of had conflicting messages this week. I want to, and he went off on the media. You know, Nick I can't stand him. I see if he's one of my most hated coaches of all time. <laughs> he has the hate and fry playbook. Mark Hansen used to tell me when we worked together at the Des Moines Register, you could always count on it was either after a bad Iowa loss or a uh, or the team was playing well. And they were going to get, uh, you know, props in the media that you just knew. And often it, Mar- often it was Mark Hansen was the target. Uh, at this weekly press conference, Hayden is just going to go off on the media to send a message to his team. And that was and, and Saban does the same thing. And it was this it was this week for this year. Started talking about how all the nice things the media is saying about his team are like rat poison for his players. But then he followed that up a couple of days ago with referring to Brett by Lima uh, as the Arkansas coach. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, on one hand, he is trying to send this message about stay focused. You're not, you're not all that. Don't listen to the media. I'm telling you, you're not that good. Listen to me, not them. And then 48 hours later, he doesn't know the head coach's name at Arkansas. Okay. So I I have no, idea. so I, I have no idea what he wants out of this game, whatever Nick Saban wants out of this game, he's going to get, but since I don't know what that is, I'll lay the points, but I'm only putting one point on it. West Virginia, six-and-a-half-point favorites at home against Texas Tech. I liked how they played last week against TCU. And 
I think that's going to be enough to win this one. If it was seven and a half, I wouldn't have felt as comfortable. But since it's the hook the other way, six and a half, and I'm getting it, I'll put nine points on West Virginia. I totally the same read on this game as you. I go back to what I said earlier. They won the game control stat against TCU. Should have won that game. Uh, I think they are the better team. They're playing at home. Both their losses are quality losses away from Morgantown to Virginia Tech, which that was a one-possession game on the road at TCU. That was a one-possession game. And this is that other trend I mentioned earlier that I love so much. The unranked team at home favored over the ranked team. I think West Virginia is going to roll here. Did Root turn you on to this game control thing? No, this is the college football playoff, folks. They they bring this up, uh, you know, Kirby, uh, not Kirby Smart. That's the Georgia coach. I can't. Uh, what's the guy's name? Who, the spokesperson for the committee? The, maybe it's is it Honeycutt or something? This is this is their big stat they look at in the committee when they're trying to determine, you know, when they're trying to split hairs on teams is they look at game control. Uh, Phil Steele does the same thing. He calls it strength of victory. Meaning, how often did you lead? How long did you lead in the game? What was your third down conversion percentage? Well, how many total yards did you have, et cetera? It's it's a it's a it's an analytic designed to tell us more than uh, not just who won, but how well did they play? Where do you find that at? I I don't know. They just talk about it all the time. I think it's I, I they haven't made it an official stat, but it it, it it's becoming like war is in baseball wins right. against replacement. Right. I think at some point soon it will be an actual stat. Right now, teams more of a hidden proprietary using, thing. Yeah, right now people are just using it as a as a catch-all to describe how they are viewing the the actual numbers inside the numbers of a game. Okay, Florida three-point favorite at home in the swamp. Um, did you did you see that video of the Florida fans singing Tom Petty's "I Won't Back Down" last week? Yeah, isn't I did, that freaking yeah. sweet? Yeah, that was. Dude, I've I've immersed myself in Tom Petty the last ten days, and I, I just. I'm amazed at how deep his catalog is. Even the songs that weren't hits, he, he's, he was good. Anyway, he's a Gainesville guy. Three points for Florida. They're favored by three over A&M. I'm going to go seven on the Gators. Uh, A&M, I don't, I don't know what they have left. I actually think this – I see this game the other, round, the other way around. I'm going nine on the Aggies. I think they'll get a win straight up. I think Florida right now is approaching – North Carolina has 15 guys out for the season with injuries. Wow. 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 North, wow. Florida, had, when you look at their suspensions and now they have more injuries, they're approaching that number right now. And and I, and I, then I, and, and, and I was already leaning A&MC. I think A&M's going to get a lot of momentum off of making Alabama sweat that game out. Because, I, I mean, if you were an A&M fan, you were scared to death that your skinny freshman quarterback, who's a running quarterback, wasn't going to make it out of the first half alive. I mean, I remember McCarney's last year when Iowa State went down to play Texas. And and he literally told the team, hey, let's go down there like anybody hurt. Like, I mean, you, you were scared to death your 190-pound ragamuffin quarterback was going to get snapped in half by Alabama's you know uh, safeties who are bigger than that. I think they come in with a lot of confidence, actually. I think Florida questioning themselves, a lot of missing personnel, and then there's the uniforms they're going to wear, which might be, other than when Maryland tries to tries to you know put their flag on their on their jerseys, the worst and ugliest uniforms I've ever seen from a college football team. I'm going with the Aggies here. 
San Diego State. I don't believe he can play well in those. I just don't. I don't believe he can. San Diego State's seven and a half point favorites at home against Boise State. Boise State uh, has not impressed me this year. San Diego State has. I'll put eight on the Aztecs. I'm going to go the other way here only because I think San Diego State will win. But the way they like to play is Iowa-esque. They like to play phone booth football, first with Donnell Pumphrey. Now it's Richard Penny. They're not really explosive in the passing game. Boise State has a really good defense, you know, and um, they have bounced back very they, – they, they have bounced back since they lost a couple games early on, including that blown loss to – blown lead to Washington State. Also, this is the, the biggest underdog in a conference game the Broncos have been in at least five years. So I think they'll play with a lot of pride here. I, I think it'll be a close, tough, low-scoring game. I think San Diego State will win, but I'm gonna I'm gonna put eight on Boise State with those points. Last game, Stanford's at home against Oregon. They're twelve-point favorites. I'm gonna put six on Stanford. I've picked against them too many times this year for I think I've reached my limit. So I will go with Stanford minus twelve, six points. Yeah, I've had a pretty good read on them all year. I've been every week they've been on our on our um, sheet. I've been right, including last week when I took Utah plus the points, and Utah got a garbage time ninety yard touchdown drive and covered. Uh, I think they will roll this week um, against Oregon. I, I think this is. I think Oregon is really feeling the loss of Justin Herbert at quarterback, uh, and the freshman, the the true freshman they're playing. Um. And you still have Bryce Love averaging 10 yards per carry, per pop. I think they get a double-digit victory here. All right. And I've got I've got four on the Cardinal. Okay. That will do it for this week's games. Can I throw out a little bonus? Do you mind? Oh, no. I mean, last week you sprinkled frosting. frosting. This week, this is bonus frosting. What do you got? Arizona State plus the points at home against Washington. And don't be shocked if they win straight up. Hmm. That is that is a good tip, folks. So you know, let, let's see let's see how we get it done again this week. We'll be back on Sunday night to recount it, uh, and then get back into game weeks for Iowa next week. For Steve, I am John. Thank you for listening.